0: Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Well, I want to I jump in here to uh, our series, again, The Walking Wounded. Uh, we started last week, and if you remember, we talked about Hebrews chapter 12. And Hebrews chapter 12 tells us about the fact that, that God has already marked out a race for us to run. And it's not just about doing, but it's everything that God wants us to experience. And if you remember, Paul encourages us and says, Hey, listen, you know, as you're running this race, throw off everything that hinders. You know, meaning anything that gets in your way to keep you from running the race, throw it off. Get rid of it. But I like how the Passion Translation puts it. It says, let us, you know, let go of the wounds that have pierced us. And that's what we've been talking about. Because if there's anything that can derail us, it's wounds. And one of those wounds is rejection, and that's what I wanna talk about today. Rejection, I say this about rejection, it has no favorites. The truth is, is that every one of us on some level, in some way, shape or form, we've all experienced rejection. That feeling of not being wanted, or you know, not being capable, or told we're not capable, or we don't measure up, to the expectation of someone, whether it's a job, or a job interview, or, or maybe you felt like you're not garnering the kind of attention that you, that you would like to have from somebody, and so it makes you feel like you're not so worthy. Rejection is a tough thing. Rejection is a wound that can really derail you. You know, I was thinking about that, and it actually brought me back to my junior high days, funny enough, you know, I, you wouldn't think rejection and growing up as a kid necessarily, but for me, I thought about grade six. And in grade six, I had this friend and she was awesome. We, we uh, hung around together, we laughed together. Uh, you know, we were just really close, but she started to develop some feelings for me. You know, that junior high crush kind of thing. And listen, I, I can't blame her. I mean, you know, Cora would tell you that. I mean, hello, I'm a catch, right? And uh, <laughs> some of you are going, no, you're not PC. You're the kind of catch that when someone catches you, they throw you back. Yeah, well, but I'm still a catch, I'm just saying. But, you know, jokes aside, you know, I remember in grade six a number of times where I'd come to my desk or a friend would hand me a note from her. You remember those famous, do you like me notes, you know, the ones that you would hand that says, do you like me, yes box, no box, maybe box, you know, like, or it's like, we've got to just, just something, please tell me, give me something. And so we've all done it. And I would come to my desk every once in a while and that would be there. And I felt horrible because I didn't like her that way. I liked her as a friend. I enjoyed our friendship, but I didn't have any interest in, you know, having a relationship with her, dating her in grade six. I know that's kind of crazy to think, but, and if you're my kids and you're watching this right now, you're not allowed to date in grade six. I'm just throwing it out there. And that's really for my youngest, Abby. Uh, She's not quite there yet, but I'm just saying, but, but you know, I didn't want to hurt her. You know, I didn't want to devastate her. You know, I, I know that by, you know, checking the maybe box, we give her some sense of hope that, you know, she'll be able to one day say, you know, 20 years later, hey, my street cred is, is higher because, well, I dated Pastor Craig, you know, or Craig Luff, you know, that kind of a thing. And, and again, I, of course, I'm kidding. But you know what I'm talking about. I didn't want to hurt her. And I knew that if I checked that box, no, that was going to happen. But I had to. And the thing is, we might joke about that and laugh about that, but, but here's the thing. If you go back to what it was like being in junior high, and you started thinking back to the emotions and the mindset, you know, that you had and, and, and how you saw life through that lens, you would see that note and that act as, as a big step. I mean, she was putting herself out there, and she's not the only one. We all did it. And you've got this hope that it, the, the note's going to come back with that box checked yes, and you you in fact i think that's why we put the maybe box because we we would rather have a soft maybe like there's a chance than an outright no because it would dash all our hopes cuz we have a hope that something's going to come back in the way that we want it to and that's the thing about rejection if there's any wound that could dash hope instantly it's rejection whether it's, it's you didn't get picked for the team or, you know, when you're on the playground and someone picks you last or you're in gym and you get picked last to play, you know, volleyball or, you know, soccer or whatever. Or somebody's grandmother with a cane gets picked over you, you know, like, like you feel rejection. You feel like like somebody didn't want you or, you know, maybe it's bigger than that and a little bit further in your life where you're applying for a job and you don't get that job or... You know, maybe you got passed over for that promotion and you were really thinking that, man, that's mine and that, sh- that, that would be perfect for me, but you don't get it and you get your hopes up and, and then you get your answer and you feel that rejection, that feeling of being unwanted or maybe you don't have, you know, what it takes. Or maybe you've experienced, man, that horrible feeling that a lot of people unfortunately have experienced in the way of either being unwanted or not accepted or maybe even ostracized from a family member. Maybe it's a, a parent or maybe it's a child or maybe it's a sibling, maybe it's a spouse, or maybe it's not even in your family, but it's in your circle of friends and you just feel like you're being not included in it. Man, it just, if there's anything that can dash hope, that's rejection. And not only that, the thing about rejection is if it's left, if it's, and, and they say this about wounds in any case, that wounds that are left and not dealt with, they will fester. They, they will get bigger and larger, and they will be more damaging to you than you could ever realize. And when I think about that, if there's anything that could derail our dreams and our desires, or better yet, the desires and the dreams that God has for us, it's rejection. And it might start out with, you know, not feeling so great, and you don't want to hang out with anybody, and so you get a little disconnect. And then from the disconnect, you start feeling lonely. Some people, you know, the, the severity of what they experience in the way of rejection in a certain circumstance, or how harsh it was, or how they perceived it. Some people, they get so paralyzed emotionally that they'll, they'll never try to do something new again, or they'll never venture into another step or an opportunity or even a relationship because they think to themselves, well, man, if somebody said no to me, then what makes me think that they're going to say yes to me now? And, and if you pictured, you know, uh, rejection like a train, it's got a one track mind and it'll just keep going further and further and further. It won't stop in fact where it really wants to land is to get you to a place and this is the most unfortunate place is when you get to a place that you are so discouraged and so broken because of the rejection that you get to a place where you are you're beginning to have this intense self-criticism come upon you where you start to think to yourself well what am i missing am i not good enough am i not skilled enough you know, is there something that I could have done? Or is there something that I am doing? Like, what would it take to garner their attention? And the problem with that is not only obvious, but let me just say this. It'll lead you to a place where you'll begin to question your self-worth. And your self-worth will begin to erode. And I got news for you. That's not God's plan for your life. And I, like you, I can totally relate to that. Like anybody, I said it earlier, you know, like, man, this whole idea of feeling rejected, it knows no favorites. Every one of us has experienced. I've experienced it personally. In fact, I've experienced it as a pastor. You know, there's been a few times in my ministry over the years that, man, I've experienced everything from, hey, we don't think you're a good pastor to we don't think you're a good preacher you know, we don't, think you, we don't like the way you dress. We don't like the way you lead. We don't like how you structure things. We, you know, and, and sometimes they get so angry they might leave the church or, you know, they might just ignore you and, you know, don't, not talk to you or whatever. And In fact, I remember this one time, you know, when I was in ministry and, and uh, I had a phone call with somebody who I knew was a little bit frustrated with me. And in the course of that conversation, I found out, man, they were really frustrated with me. They really didn't enjoy how I was leading, how I was pastoring, and the list was long. So finally, at one point in the conversation, all of a sudden they said to me, they said, Pastor Craig, I just want you to admit to me right now on this phone that this season of your ministry, that all that you have done and accomplished, that you have simply failed. Now, can you imagine if you were me on the other end? It did not feel good, man. I wrestled with that, but I want to say something to you today that like you, I've walked through rejection and I've had to go through the process and it is a process and I know that it's hard to get through, but there's a difference between something that is hard to get through and something that is impossible. And I want you to know that even though rejection is something that is hard to get through, you need to know today, it's not impossible. And I'll tell you why it's not impossible because God doesn't want it to be a part of your life. At the end of the day, God values you, and no matter what you experience in the way of rejection, no matter what anybody says, just remember this. God has a plan for your life. He has, a, he has this incredible journey for you, and you can understand why we need to deal with you know, rejection. This is why it can lead you into what I call, and you've heard me say this at community, the spiral. You dig yourself deep, and you don't know how to get out of it. God doesn't want you to be buried in that. God has a plan for your life. And it's not just about doing, it's about being. It's about discovering and experiencing all that He has for you. And I want you to know that I've experienced that. I know many others that have experienced that. There are many others, you know, in the Scripture that experienced that. One of them was Joseph. You know, because I could tell you stories about everybody else. I didn't even tell you about Jesus, but I want to... I felt led to talk about Joseph. Joseph, who many of you would know, and maybe if you don't, let me just tell you Joseph was one of the most significant major players in the, the history of Israel. He was born and, and raised to be a leader at a certain time that was so vital for the survival of not just Egypt or the land around him, but God's people. And so, you know, he, he went through a lot of things. There's no doubt about that, man. If you know the story of Joseph, man, he went through a lot of challenges. In fact, they say 13 years of constantly dealing with some battles. But he rose to the top to the point where he had such influence and such favor and such leadership that only Pharaoh, only Pharaoh could call him out. He had influence all over Egypt and all over the land. And one of the things that he was in position for was to prepare Egypt and the entire land for a famine that was about to come. And because of his wisdom that God gave him and the strategy and everything else and the influence and the favor, he prepared that place and those people for years of famine. But here's the thing. Like I said earlier, his journey to that point was not an easy one. And even more so, based on how it started. It started with facing rejection. And the kind of rejection that he faced is one of the worst kinds. It's from his family. You see, Genesis chapter 37 is where it starts. We pick up the story where Jacob has the son, his name is Joseph. And at the time in Genesis 37, he was 17 years old. And as a 17 year old man, like you, you're just enjoying life. And it happens to say that, you know, Joseph was actually loved by his father, Jacob. And it actually says that he was loved even more than all of his other brothers. Now, I've got siblings, so I know how that works. I've got kids and I know how that works. That would not be cool. But here's the thing. You have to understand why Joseph had a special place in Jacob's heart. You see, even though he was the 11th born of all of you know, the sons of, of Jacob, he was actually the firstborn of Rachel, Jacob's wife. And Jacob adored Rachel. But for a lot of years, she was completely barren. She couldn't have kids. And so for Jacob, having Joseph was an absolute miracle. It was like a blessing to him because you know, his wife finally was able to have a child, which in that culture in that day, that was a significant thing. Still significant today, by the way. But all I'm saying is that the, that Joseph had this special place in Jacob's heart because of that. The problem is that Jacob probably took it a little far. I mean, he had the coat of many colors and all that. We all know that story. And and it didn't help because Joseph was a little bit of a, a younger brother, right? Like a little bit of a tattletale. He would tell on his brothers and and, and then, of course, in that season, God was starting to give him dreams. And those dreams were about what God was calling him to. And he saw himself rising to a place of authority, even to the point where his brothers would be under his authority. They would even bow down to him. And of course, like any good little brother, you know, he's got to brag about it. He's like, one day you guys are going to bow down to me. And of course, that didn't go over well. But listen, it not only didn't go over well. Here's how, how it went over. Genesis 37 says that they hated Joseph, and that word in the Hebrew actually means to think evil. That every time they saw Joseph, every time that, you know, they, they were around him, they were so irritated that they wanted to, to take out his life. I mean, just think about how, I mean, I've got siblings, and, and they might irritate me, and and, and I know, I'm sure I irritate them, although to be, you know, very clear and on the record, guaranteed they irritate me more than I irritate them, I'm just saying. But I, don't, I couldn't even imagine wanting to take the life of my sibling, but that's what they did. A little later on in Genesis, you know, you see that they're off in the fields, the brothers are all out in the fields, and so Jacob says, Hey, Joseph, I want you to go find your brothers, and so he goes. And when he finds them and they see him coming in the distance, the brothers start talking. They're like, listen, this dreamer, man, we can't stand him. Let's take him out. Let's kill him. Let's drop him in some pit and let's go home. And we'll just tell our father that, hey, he was attacked by some wild animal. And, you know, it's unfortunate, dad. We really feel bad. And we'll give him this whole sob story. But guys, let's just take his life. Well, Reuben, the oldest brother, was like, "Nah, guys, we can't do that. I get that he's annoying, but we're not going to take his life. But why don't we just throw him in a pit and then we'll take off and, and uh, we'll just leave him there. The thing is that Reuben had every intention of coming back. There was something in Reuben's heart that he just felt like this wasn't right. But while they were discussing this, all of a sudden there was this caravan of traders that were on their way to uh, Egypt. And so the brothers started talking again and said, You know what, Reuben? Not so cool with your idea. We've got a better one. You're right. We're not going to take his life. We're going to sell him. We're going to sell him as a slave to these traders. And so they sold him for 20 coins of silver. That was like the average price that you would pay for a slave. And the thing is, when you study this, when you look into you know, what would have happened in this moment, probably for like the next 30 days, their little brother was now going to be chained and he's going to walk by foot all the way to Egypt. He's going to be treated like any baggage or luggage that they would have had, like he's just property. And most likely by the time he gets to Egypt, he's going to be sold just like merchandise. They knew that and they didn't care. They hated him so much. They rejected him so much that they just wanted to get rid of him. You know, Genesis 42 actually gives us a really good insight on what Joseph was feeling in that moment. There was a moment in Genesis 42 where the brothers get talking about what they saw the moment that they sold their brother. It says that they saw his distress. The amplified version says that they saw the anguish of his soul. I mean, just think about that language. That's pretty powerful. And on top of that, they, they talked about how he pleaded for his life. They, he, he begged them, tears in his eyes. Guys, please do not do this to me. Do not set me on this road. Can you imagine if you're Joseph and you're, you're being sold for 30 pieces of silver? Talk about feeling rejection. Talk about feeling unwanted. This is your brothers. This is your blood. And they don't care. Your life doesn't mean any more than 20 pieces silver that's hard but I want you to know something man God led him on a journey and God dealt with his rejection I can tell you that why because of Genesis 50 at the pinnacle of of his rise to power and authority the fulfillment of the dreams that God was giving him Even though though in this particular case, yes, Joseph's journey started with rejection, but I'm going to tell you something, it ended with redemption. And not just redemption in the way of his own life, but man, there was just a restoring of the relationship with his brothers. Genesis 50 tells the story of a moment at the very, very top end, the famines going on, the brothers traveled to Egypt because they needed grain. They had no idea that Joseph was even still alive. And after a few encounters with Joseph, thinking that he was just some Egyptian leader, they come to discover that now this this is their little brother. And they started to fear. Who wouldn't fear? Talk about an incredible moment for Joseph to exact revenge. I mean, he could have just said the word and in an instant, their lives could be gone. The very thing that they plotted to do, they could be experiencing themselves. But Joseph didn't do that. He didn't exact revenge. In fact, he gave them the opposite of what they deserved and what he got. He said this, verse 20 to 21. He said, you know what? I understand that you intended to harm me. I recognize, guys, you hurt me. You didn't care about my life. You wanted to take out my life. You rejected me, but God intended, meaning God used it for good to accomplish what's now being done. Talk about a perspective change, which I'll get to in a second. He said, but now what's being done is because of God and it's the saving of so many lives. So listen, don't be afraid. I'm gonna provide for you and your children. And then I love this last line, verse 21. And he reassured them and he spoke kindly to them. Talk about perspective change. Talking about this moment where he could have just, man, just just shouted to the rooftops all the bitterness, the rage, the anger, which a lot of people will tell you, man, that's, that's one of the roads that rejection will take you. Eventually, you'll get to a place where you're angry and bitter and all that kind of stuff. But he didn't get there. And I'm going to tell you the reason why he didn't get there was because of God. Now, I want to say this before I get into some thoughts here of what he, I think he experienced and what I know I've experienced personally. But, you know, rejection is a process, and I just want to say that. And I was listening to a TED Talk uh, a couple of weeks ago as I was preparing for this message, and they talked about some of the things that you can do practically in the way of process. And there are some incredible things that you can do that I did myself, that I still do to this moment. Things like having zero tolerance for self-criticism, you know, sometimes, man, we can dig ourselves in a hole and we can, we can criticize every single thing, every little thing, and that's not good. Or things like, hey, listen, take some time and remind yourself of the good things that you do bring. Maybe you're, maybe you're funny, maybe you've, you're an athlete, maybe you're good with math, or you know, maybe you're just good socially, whatever it is, but remind yourself of the value that you do bring to the table no matter what rejection you face. Or things like building up, the connections around you. Man, that is so important. Finding people that know you and know you well, coming alongside you and building you up and encouraging you. That's my heart, my prayer. For anybody that's a part of community or anybody that I encounter, that my life would be used to build them up, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. But can I say this, and you've heard me say this many, many times. For me, the faith journey is is practical and spiritual. There are steps that we can take, but then there are things that only God can do. And I honestly can tell you that as much as those things can do a lot of great things, and you should do them, I've done them. I still do them. Nothing can ever do what God can do. And that's what I think, you know, in this whole journey that, that... Joseph experienced, I think he experienced these things because I look at Joseph's life and I can relate to some of the things that I think he experienced because you don't get to say those kinds of things until you've experienced some certain truths with God. So for example, let me just say this. Here's what I've learned and what I think Joseph experienced in the way of while he was walking through rejection. No matter who rejects you, no matter what rejects you, just know this, that God always receives you. God sees great value in you. He loves you. And, and listen, you have to think about that. That's the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, and for him to look at you and love you, and remember, he knows more about you than you know about yourself. He knows about the things that you don't want anybody else to know, and yet he loves you. Listen, I love how Genesis 39, several moments in Genesis 39, you'll see that, that Joseph... Uh, it says about Joseph, either people recognize or Joseph realizes it himself, that the Lord was with him. Man, God's presence was an affirmation and his very presence and his guidance and his, and his leading and, and the investment that he was making in Joseph's life all the, through, all the way through all of the challenges and, and beginning with the rejection and the pain of that rejection, God was there. God provided the very thing that his family should have. The care, the love, man, like everything that the family should have done, God did. Every single step of the way, He provided along the way. And I want to encourage you, I've discovered that. That the more that I lean into Jesus, the more I find Him. And the more I find Him, the more reassured I am about my value. I think about words like 1 Peter chapter um, 2. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, it starts by talking about Jesus who knew rejection. He knew rejection from his family. He knew rejection from his own disciples. He knew rejection from the crowds that thought he was super popular. Even when he was in the garden, he felt like God had forsaken him. He knows rejection. But First Peter, Peter tells us that, hey, he was chosen. And he was precious. And he is. And we're going to celebrate that you know, next weekend with Easter weekend coming. But here's the thing, if you go down a little further in 1 Peter chapter 2, you'll see that in the same way, he turns his conversation, he says, and for you, the people of God, the children of God, those that have a relationship with God, all of humanity, listen to this. He loves you deeply, Then he wants you to be a part of his family because if you're a part of his family, he sees you as this prized possession. You're chosen, no matter what anybody says, if you can hear that whisper, I guarantee you, it's going to make a difference. A couple of other things that caught my eye as I look at the life of, of Joseph that I know really has impacted my own journey as well. And I can see it for myself. Here's something else. Rejection doesn't define your future. You notice that he started out super rejected. And yet the purposes and the plans of God still came to pass. You know, sometimes rejection can make us feel like, man, the plan of God is not going to happen. I'm not worthy of it. Why would God want to use me? All of those kinds of thoughts will enter in your mind when you allow rejection to run its routes. But if you realize and take a step back and understand that God truly values you, no matter what anybody says, know this, that no matter who rejects you, Or what rejects you? It will never determine your future. God determines your steps. That's what the scripture says. God is still gonna use you and he will work through you and he'll do what he needs to do. You know, when I look back into that phone call that I mentioned earlier, man, it devastated me. But I remember it was just a few days later that I started to think to myself, no, I don't receive that because I know that I'm called. I know that God has a plan for my life. I know that I'm valued. And to, you know to be honest with you, man, it's, I've never even given it much thought since then because I know that my, my life is in his hands. And whatever God's got planned and whatever he has in, purpose, uh, uh, for my, in, in my life in the way of purpose, I know it's still gonna happen no matter what anybody says. It's not gonna derail me. And it didn't derail Joseph and it doesn't have to derail you. But here's the last one. The last one is that you need to remember that rejection doesn't have to bury you. What I mean by that is that, you know, we could look at Genesis 50 and go, man, uh, he's a different person. He sees things differently. His perspective had changed. And the ability to to say, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of you. Obviously, at some point, he had dealt with rejection and had forgiven his brother's but, but let, me, let me just affirm that for a second because, man, I'll tell you, rejection can lead you to a place where you just, you just feel so guilty and you just feel like you're worthless. And you feel like it'll just stop you dead in your tracks. But I'm going to tell you something. God can heal you. I promise you, He can heal you. And I know He will heal you. Uh, Genesis chapter 41, verse 50. There was a moment just before the famine hit. And Joseph had two sons. His wife had given birth to two sons. And when you named your children, there was always something significant about the name. And in the case of Joseph, many believe that the reason he chose the names that he chose was a reflection of the journey that he had been on and the result of that journey. His first son, he named him Manasseh, which literally means to cause someone to forget or to allow someone to forget. What Joseph was saying is that God has done such a work in my life that it's enabled me to be able to let go of my bitter past. I'm going to tell you something. Rejection doesn't want you to let go. It wants you to get bitter. But God doesn't want you to stay bitter. And I'm telling you, if you allow God to do the healing, if you walk the journey and the processes that many others will come around and share with you, things like friends and you know their investment and and not getting into self-criticism, and just allowing God to do an inner work inside of you. Like, I, he had to have done that. in Joseph, there's no way that he could say the things that he said, or even make this declaration if he didn't feel that way. He was able to let it go. You will be able to let it go. Just keep leaning into God. The other name that he gave to his second son was Ephraim, which means double portion. Man, I go back to what he said in Genesis 50, verse 20 and 21. He said, listen, I know what you intended to do to me. It was to harm me, but God intended good for my life. And he had so much good in his life that when he looked back from his journey and how it started and where it was in that moment, he felt like, God, I'm not only blessed, but Ephraim literally means to have uh, double, like doubly fruitful, like double portion blessing. Man, I'm going to tell you something. Let God do his thing and you will look back, especially in the area of rejection, and you will see not just a blessing, but more than you can ever imagine. And I want to encourage you today as I end on that note, man, lean into God. And can I just encourage the church? Can I just encourage all of our church family? This is one of the reasons why I value our community groups and our time together. We have a rule, I mentioned it earlier, I'll say it again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says that you know, it's a call and it's a challenge that we, would, that we would absolutely encourage one another and build each other up. We have an opportunity to help those that have faced and experienced rejection on any level. Some have spiraled into rejection and it's devastated and derailed them and we can be a part of the process that while God's doing his thing, we can be doing our part by building each other up encouraging can i just leave you with this one note find someone this week and call them and encourage them and build them up and if you have faced rejection or you're still dealing with rejection know that you have a god that can take you on a journey just like joseph and he will heal you let's pray god i just pray for every person that's ever experienced rejection on a level that God has almost gotten to a place of derailing them, or maybe it has. It's dashed their sense of hope. They feel like, God, there's no way out. They they feel like their self-worth right now, Lord God, is just, they're just not valuable. And God, that's the opposite of the message that you want to speak inside their lives today. And so Holy Spirit, even right now, wherever they are, I just pray that your presence would fill that room. That God, they would feel your loving arms wrapping around them right now, and they would hear your voice declaring things like 1 Peter chapter 2, that, God, you see them as this chosen, this, this prized possession. And so, God, I pray that you'd minister to them and that, God, as they do all of the practical steps and things that I mentioned and as they trust and they lean into you, I pray that, God, they would share that testimony because I know, I'm confident, God, I know because you've done it for me, you did it for Joseph, you did it for so many others, that God, if they do it, they're gonna come out of this and they're gonna be doubly blessed and they're gonna be able to let go of the bitter past. And that way they can embrace the incredible future you have for them. So I speak that over their lives right now in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, I just wanna say thank you for joining us. Remember, don't forget, Good Friday at 11 and Easter Sunday morning 11. This is Community Church. I'm Pastor Craig, and I want to tell you, if there's a church that you're not a part of, you're you're new to the community, just know there will always be a place for you to belong right here. God bless you, everybody. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.